Mission with Jonesy and Amanda. Well, it's an election year, and with all eyes on our politicians, it's very timely. We look at a new biography of arguably arguably the most loved Prime Minister Australia has seen, and that's Bob Hawke. This book has been written by Troy Bramston, the only journalist that Bob cooperated with after leaving his Prime Ministership, joins us now. Hello, Troy. Good morning. Great to talk to you both. Troy, nice to talk to you. the big question would be, how would Hawkey go as a Prime Minister now in the social media world? Yeah, look, well, he had throughout his whole life uh, great demons that he was chasing, you know, the drink or the womanising. He did give up a drink when he was Prime Minister, but I think he would find it much, much tougher today. You know, 24-hour news, social media, everyone's got a phone on their camera. He would find it tougher today, but I think he still had those great political skills in terms of being able to run a government, achieve things in government, and uh, communicate with the voters. You know, he had a great rapport with everyday Australians. So it'd be tougher, but I think it'd still go okay. It's interesting. He's sort of got a touch of the warnies that people almost laughed when he stuffed up, whereas a modern politician would not get the same uh, generosity. I think that's right. And one of the tricks to understanding Bob is that he never pretended to be someone that he wasn't. Uh, He never lied about anything. He was quite open and honest about his flaws, you know, the womanising or the drinking. And in the 1960s and 70s, people saw that up front, um, up close. You know, they saw it on TV, they heard about it on radio and saw it in the newspapers. He was a terrible drunk and was a notorious chaser of women. Now, Mm. Uh, that is significant, but he never lied about it. He had the flaws and everybody knew that's, that's who Luke was. How did he get away with all of the women? Because I was reading that um, in your book that there, there were like four or five on the go at the time. Well, that's right. A lot of people think that the womanising kind of ended when he became Prime Minister, but uh, he did still chase a number of women and he had a number of long-term affairs that even took place at the Lodge. Now, this is not acceptable in that period, in the 1980s or early 1990s, and it's certainly not acceptable now. So I think that uh, the Australian people and the media as well have a different standard uh, when it comes to politicians. But I think it's also keep worth keeping in mind that Bob, you know, was, as I say, always open about his flaws. And, and so was Shane Warne, actually. Uh, and there's a similarity there. I think Australians respected that authenticity, that openness, um, that uh, the fact that they could identify with them and sort of see themselves in aspects of their lives. You have a treasure trove of interviews that you've done and accessed, as well as access to personal papers. What was the thing that really surprised you? Well, look, I mean, I think he was a much more deeply flawed person than we realised, but I think he was also a much better Prime Minister than we realised. You know, he was a very, very effective uh, runner of a government, uh, managing a cabinet, looking after the, the public service, welcoming frank and fearless advice, putting the nation first, and the, the, the achievements of his government are very significant, whether it's the landmark economic reforms of turbocharged productivity and competitiveness or things like Medicare or the Six Discrimination Act or Saving the Daintree or Kakadu. These are landmark achievements. And in the book, um, it's been great to look at some of Bob's personal notes, cabinet papers, uh, conversations he had with world leaders at the end of the Cold War. So we get, a, I think, a new insight, a fresh approach to Bob um, and we can see how some of these big decisions are made and, and how he ran a government. But so charismatic whenever you saw him do something from getting out on the cricket pitch and uh, or being confronted by that old bloke in the shopping centre. Remember the silly old bugger thing? Mm. He, he just yeah. It just always worked for him. Yeah, look, he had a real connection with everyday Australians. They identified with him, they liked him, they respected him. You know, in 1984, his approval rating was a staggering 78%. We haven't had a Prime Minister come within two E of that since or even before. 
So he had a great connection with people. And Bob told me that one of the tricks to understanding his popularity was that he actually liked people. He liked meeting them. He loved them. They loved him. Uh, they knew that he was interested in them. So you could never drag him away uh, from a crowd of people or a rope line or anything like that. Yeah, and he loved some more than others as well. <laughs> loved some more than he should have. <laughs> He, he, he certainly loved the women, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, Troy, it's a great book, Bob Hawke, Demons and Destiny. It's in good bookstores now and online. Troy Bramston, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a great pleasure to talk to you both. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Jonesy and Amanda's Damnation.